Welcome to One to Watch Wednesday featuring independent and emerging artists and bands from across Canada and their songs. My name is Sarah Scott. Thanks for hanging out today. In the spotlight this week is Ajax Ontario's country rising star, Mike Whiteside. We had a lovely conversation and you are definitely going to get to know him more. We talked about what is it about music that makes him so passionate about it. And also, what role did music play in his life growing up to lead him to where he is now? And when and why he decided to take his music career more seriously. We also talk about his writing process, his stage performances, and his studio time, and how he prepares for all three. And so much more. It was a great conversation. And of course, you are going to hear his two songs, his debut beautiful ballad, 3AM, and also his latest really good song, My Kind of Paradise. Well, I'm pretty darn excited for this episode, so let's get right on into it. Once again, Mike, thanks so much for hanging out with One to Watch Wednesday this week. And we are going to start from the very beginning of your career. And so your road to music, it all started with a haircut, a table saw, and a breakup. And we are going to talk about your business degree here in a couple of minutes. But wow, that is a unique way to start a music career. But tell us more about it and where it all started for you. Okay, well, I promise you I have all my fingers. They're all still intact. So don't (laughs) worry on that end. But I was basically at a Kenny Chesney concert in 2018. I was there with my ex-girlfriend and her family. They were very musical. They always liked to, to sing around the campfire, stuff like that. But they always said to me, like, you need to be doing this. And when we were at that concert, I was taken back by Kenny's performance. I've been to a bunch of different concerts that he's put on, and I always loved his stage presence. So he's who I basically grew up on. In high school, I basically listened to him. Uh, Montgomery Gentry, Toby Keith, like those were the types of, you know, people that I listened to growing up. When I was there and they had said that to me, going through a breakup, call it a trigger, call it whatever it was. I was just like, you know what? I think I've been focusing too much on areas that weren't really serving me. So I was able to kind of re-navigate, come back to it and start focusing on some of the creative stuff that I had really kind of buried deep down and didn't take advantage of. So where it comes full circle with the haircut, the table saw, and the uh, breakup was, yeah, I went through a breakup. It sucked, uh, as it usually does. And I was actually getting a haircut from my buddy who was off of work. He had done haircutting on the side, and he had had a table saw incident. So he was talking about how he was starting to write and stuff like that. And that kind of spawned into us just writing some songs together. And from there, I've kind of continued on and started meeting lots of people and started putting out my own music. And two years later, or I guess three years later, since I really fully got into it, here I am. That's pretty cool. Does your friend have all his fingers? He does. It was just a neck, <laughs> but he, he, he's okay. He's still, he, he's still fully intact. That's good. How else was music involved in your early years of life? Like what was the role of music in the early years of your life? Because you went to university and you got a business degree for a career in financial planning, and it seemed like it was set in stone for your future, but you decided to go in this direction. So how did music affect you growing up and how did it lead to this? Yeah. So it's always funny. I I was always kind of a jock. Like I played hockey all the way up. I played in the university and that was always my main focus. And I had always done things that were on the musical side. Like I was growing up, I was in all the plays and it was in all of the like the history of rock and roll and stuff like that playing guitar and so I performed a lot as a kid but as I got older hockey was my main focus so it kind of veered off a little bit in that sense until the breakup and everything allowed me to kind of get back to it oh wow okay cool so what is it about music that makes you feel passionate about it it's really just being able to express 
you know, some of the things that I'm going through, really taking an interest in writing and writing about a lot of the experiences that I have gone through, which I think we all do as humans, whether it is breakups or falling in love or losing somebody, whatever it might be. I think it really, it gives me a lot of pleasure being able to connect with people on that way. For sure. And you have collaborated with some other artists that have been on One to Watch Wednesday, Aaron Pollock and Lydia Sutherland, and I'm sure many other artists as well. So being a fairly fresh face in the industry, how has working with more established artists in the industry who are also up and coming artists, how has that helped your career so far? And what have they taught you? Basically, I don't know if I'd be where I am right now without my team and those types of people. So working with Lydia and Aaron, when I started writing, I started writing with a bunch of different people. And I think you really do find your squad through producers and your friends that you write with and all the people that you can kind of confide in. Because we all go through similar things as an indie artist, you're basically building up a business from zero. I mean, that's the way I look at it. I look at it as myself being a business and being able to scale that. And there are a lot of ups and downs through that, but having people like Aaron and Lydia to kind of bounce off ideas, talk about things, you know, what did you do that might have made this really successful or whatever it might be. They're just really good people to kind of have in my corner. They're really great people. And tell us a bit about your squad and how did you find your squad? Yeah. So my first song, 3M, I was originally working with Mark Shore and Eric Fentelman, who are producers basically based out of Southern Ontario here, pretty close to where I live. And they manage Robin Adelini. And so Robin Adelini actually wrote the first song that I put out through AM. And through that, I wrote a couple times with her. And that was really my first co-writing experience. And I'd seen she was writing with different people. And I'd seen that she was writing with Lydia. So I'm always the type of guy where I just reach out and I reach out. I'm like, hey, Lydia, I saw you're writing with Robin. Love to write with you sometimes. And it kind of went from that, from Robin to Lydia to Aaron, and then just kind of took off from there. That is really cool. So who would you love to collaborate with in the future? Who are some like dream co-writers that you'd love to work with? Oh, gosh, I would love to get on a track with Hardy. Like I'm obsessed. His last album that came out and even the previous ones like Hicks Tape, I still listen to, I think, every day. <laughs> so if I could write with anybody, it'd probably be Hardy. Oh, that's a really good choice. Yeah, his songs and his collaborations are always so surprising and also just really unique and they always capture everybody's attention no matter what genre you listen to you know like he's so good like that <laughs> totally totally so we were talking a bit earlier about social media and i'm really bad at social media and <laughs> you don't post a lot on social media which is a-okay it happens you don't post on like instagram or facebook but you use tiktok and tiktok of course over the last two years has absolutely exploded so for artists i feel like it is the best platform for you to use to really gain followers and gain exposure and really put yourself out there. And you said that you like it the most because of the organic growth. And I never thought about that before. So tell us about your usage of social media and how do you use it to your advantage as an artist? Yeah, I just really like the whole, the way that I'm able to use video on that platform. I think that Instagram is very picture-based and I've just found for whatever reason, everything kind of seems to be going the video route. Even on Instagram, you're starting to see more with like reels and stuff like that, which is cool. But just through TikTok, I like it, but I also kind of get confused by it because I never know what's going to actually take off. So it's allowed me to just become more consistent with it on that end in terms of, you know what, hey, it might not be the best piece of content, but every single content that I do put out and every piece that does come out, it's getting a little bit better and a little bit better. So just having more reps using something like TikTok has allowed me to get better with video. Whereas I find with Instagram, it's a little bit maybe more polished. Everything's kind of more thought 
out that way. Whereas with TikTok, I'm able to be a little bit more creative, I feel. That's pretty cool. So with social media, you have gained a lot of new fans and a lot of new followers. So how do you like to interact with your growing fan base? Yeah, so I've been doing a ton of live stuff. I like going on live. It, it varies. I used to get on quite a bit and sometimes depending on if I have a release coming out or something like that, maybe I'm not as active as going on live, but it allows me to play, especially with COVID and here in Ontario, it's been extremely strict. There hasn't really been too much in terms of shows for a long time now. So that at least allows me to interact with people, meet new people, talk to them and just, I guess, strengthen some of those relationships that have come from that. That's pretty great. And live music, it does look like it's going to be starting to come back here in the next few months, which is super exciting. And you have hit a few stages such as Boots and Hearts. You are part of the emerging artist platform there, which is amazing and well deserved. Congratulations on being a part of that. So tell us a bit about your performance style and what we can expect to see on stage when we watch Mike Whiteside. (laughs) So I will fill you in. That was actually my first performance. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah, I I always say I I went from zero to 100 pretty quick. (laughs) Not a bad way to start if you ask me. So how did that feel to get on stage that big with that big of an audience for the first time? You must have just been like blown away. I was, but it was, I prepared, I guess is the best way to put it. And for me, I've done a bit of acting and stuff like that in the past. And once, you know, it's action, it's time to go. I was a little bit nervous beforehand, I won't lie. So I had a couple shots of whiskey, but as soon as it was my time to get up there, I really just settled in and the nerves were gone. And I just kind of went up there and did my thing. So I was really happy with how everything went and I was excited. I was hungry and I'm ready for more. And not everybody gets the opportunity to say that was their first. So I'm just extremely grateful for that. And I met a ton of really amazing people, you know, through both all the artists, because it was such an amazing lineup this year and everybody else that was involved in that event itself. I guess I've said amazing 30 times, I think already, but it was totally amazing. I loved every second of it. The word amazing is one of my favorite words. So you're good. (laughs) So tell us (laughs) what kind of show can we get from you? Like what is your performance style? I just like high energy. For me, it's always about moments. When it comes to a show, it's not even so much about the music. It's what type of a moment can I create to have somebody who was listening to me go home and be like, I don't know what it was about his performance, but there was this exact time in that show where it just really connected with me and it could be an interlude or something like that but i've always been a sucker for live performances ever since i was young i used to just go crazy when i was like oh that was a really cool opening like to that entire show or like that interlude in between and they i'm like that's just what really really fires me up about live performances so for me it's high energy and just really creating an experience for the people that are watching. So fun. I love that. So we are going to be talking about your new song, My Kind of Paradise, here in a few minutes. But we do have to go back to the very beginning. You came (laughs) out of the gates very strong with your debut release, 3 a.m. And this song, like you mentioned, was written by Robin Alini and produced by a couple of other of some of the best producers in the biz. And this song, it really puts listeners into feeling like they're calling the one that got away in the middle of the night like 3 a.m is like the perfect time to call someone if you ask me (laughs) just to check in you know just have a little chat like what up dude what's going on i miss you so so you want to see if they still care that's kind of what the song is about it's touching and it's pretty relatable so before we play it here tell us a bit about what it means to you yeah so it was kind of the perfect storm for me when i had heard that song mark and eric were sending me a couple different ones at the time i hadn't done any co-writing so once i had heard it i related to it instantly 
obviously going through a breakup, it's not a great feeling. And I just, I really related to that. I felt that a lot of other people would. So grateful that I got to record that song and get it out to the world because it meant a lot to me, even though it wasn't written by me per se, but I, I know a lot of people have gone through those similar experiences and it's not a great feeling, but at the same time, you don't always have to be feeling great as long as you can relate. For sure. And when you heard it for the first time, fully mixed down and produced, what did it feel like? <laughs> it, it felt good. It brought up some old memories and stuff like that. I think it really helped me get past some of those old feelings. And I think that's one of the amazing things that music is able to do is it helps us get through times just as much as it reminds us of, you know, previous times in our lives. is 3am by our guest Mike Whiteside his debut single right there that is available everywhere now so back into the music side of things describe your favorite and least favorite part about being a musician oh my favorite part would be 
<laughs> now after Boots is the live show aspect of it. I love interacting. I love putting on a show. I've always been that way. Least favorite is the minutia behind the scenes, kind of more the businessy side of it, dealing with all of the, I would call it day-to-day -day operations, which are very, very vital, but just something that I don't necessarily I get fired up about, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> What does your day-to-day -day look like? Well, I, I still work too. It's just a part of it, having to invest in the music. So I work and then basically whenever I have free time, which is, well, every day, but I'm putting it back into whether it's writing, getting ready for a release, doing social media content, practicing all that sort of stuff. Music, music <laughs> seems to be a full-time job in itself some days for sure. So yeah. if you don't mind me asking, what do you do? I'm a mortgage broker, actually. Oh, so yeah. I kind of stay in the same vein, still somewhat businessy, but uh, I'm also a mortgage broker. Okay, cool. All right. Yeah. Well-rounded. <laughs> yes. So if you could change one thing about the music industry, what would it be? I think it's always going to be changing. So there's not necessarily anything that I would change. It's a good question. It's hard to answer, I guess, <laughs> but I would probably just continue to focus on doing what I can to continue helping my business grow irregardless of outside factors and stuff like that. So it's different for an indie artist than it would be for somebody who's signed by a label, but everybody still has the abilities now, especially with social media to go out and build a business. And I think that maybe not change. I, I like where social media is going, that it's allowing indie artists that maybe prior to wouldn't have had as much of an opportunity to be heard now really have their voice heard. Oh, for sure. It gives them a bigger audience too, than just having their albums or records or EP sold in certain stores in, you know, just one mall or two malls or something like that. It gives them a much bigger platform to hit many more ears, which is so incredible for everybody. So we've talked a lot about your live performances and how you love doing live performances, but talk about your studio sessions. Yeah. So I was actually fortunate enough on this last single, My Kind of Paradise, to fly out to Calgary over to OCL Studios there and work with Spencer Shane and Justin Cutting and all of their band. And it was a phenomenal experience. Super grateful that I got to work with them because they are amazing at what they do. Coming back to that word once again. <laughs> <laughs> So how do so, you prep for a day in the studio or a day or two? Yeah, it's um, just kind of laying out and knowing what needs to be done for that day. So I'll mentally beforehand the night before just kind of be ready and know what's going to happen throughout that day so that I can be on. Because when I am in the studio, I'm working. It is a lot of fun, but for me, it's also work. And I want to make sure that, well, we are there. We are getting like down to task and, and making sure it gets done. Did your sports life translate into your music life? Because I feel as though sports and music are very similar. We have the big highs and we have the big lows and we have a lot of the same kind of, I wouldn't say competition, but definitely the same kind of mindset of like goal getting and being on top. So how did your sports life interact with your music life? Totally. I think it's really helped me with those highs and lows. Um, I remember an old junior A coach of mine used to say, you can't get too high on your highs and too low on your lows. And that's certainly true about the music industry as well. You basically just got to show up every single day. And even in sports, we would practice every single day. So it's really just about showing up, even on days that you don't want to, getting done what you need to get done. And then eventually, when the opportunity presents itself, being able to take advantage of that. And I think that's kind of where the two go hand in hand. So I sometimes Google what would be some fun questions to ask musicians like we do when we run out of questions sometimes and we want to make interviews unique. Yeah. And I came across one that I'm like, you know what? I'm going to ask it today. Today is the day, but it's ridiculous. So, so prepare yourself. Sounds good. If you were an instrument, if you got to choose to be one instrument, which one would you be and why? 
<laughs> oh gosh, probably just guitar because that's basically all I know how to play. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's such a funny question. I'm like, I know what, but I was like, I'm going to ask it today. A guitar. Yep. That one sounds pretty good. I like that. So you have a new song out here called my kind of paradise. And it came out on Friday, February 4th. And that must be pretty exciting. So tell us about what the song means to you. It's kind of the complete opposite of 3AM. I was fortunate enough to write this one with Lydia Sutherland, Rich Cloak, and Aaron Pollock. And at the time when we wrote it, it was back in December of 2020. We all just really connected with the concept because at the time we're all in similar situations with our partners, you know, in past relationships. I always thought that I had to go above and beyond to make every moment special. But recently I found that, you know, if the person's right for you, you don't need much to feel on top of the world. You could just have a cheap box of wine, your favorite TV show and your dream girl. And to me, that's my kind of paradise. So that's kind of how we came up with this concept and, and this song. Oh, that's great. So with that said, like just kind of going off of this song, what would be a perfect, simple date for you? What would be your paradise? Oh, you kind of did talk about like yeah, a having bit. a cheap ball of wine and having like a TV show in the background. I'm all for that. Like if I could just do that with that 70s show, that'd be perfect. But like yeah. what else would be like a perfect date for you? I'm not going to lie. I could always go for like, I'm a sucker for pizza. I could probably eat it every single day. So if I had a bottle of red wine and some pizza, that pretty much sounds like near perfect to me <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty much near perfect if it has pizza to do with anything i will be on top of that but yeah. anyways so that is great so before we play this song here introduce it for us yeah so this is my song my kind of paradise What it's like to catch that red after Times Square, New Year's on a Friday night. Seeing that big apple shine with your hand in mine. Sipping sangria on a beach in the south of France. Sweet talking in the language of romance. Hearts crashing like waves out on the rocks. Getting lost in your eyes. I see every shade of that good life. On Sunday morning, you stealing my t-shirt Dancing in the mirror to our favorite song Hair up, no makeup on the sofa Drinking that box of wine, watching the same show every night Your head on my shoulder, we couldn't get much closer if we tried that's my kind, my kind of paradise It's a 24 karat rock in your left hand Spinning you around for our first dance That honeymoon's never gonna end As long as we spend Sunday morning You stealing my t-shirt Dancing in the mirror To our favorite song Hair up, no makeup on the sofa T-shirt, 
dancing in the mirror to our favorite songs. Here up, no makeup on the sofa. Drinking that box of wine, watching the same show every night. Your head on my shoulder, couldn't get much closer if we tried. Cause that's my kind, my kind of paradise Yeah, that's my kind, my kind of paradise Our guest, Mike Whiteside, with his latest, My Kind of Paradise. And a few minutes ago, you heard his song, 3 a.m. You can get both of those songs and all of his music wherever you buy, download, or stream your music right now. You can find Mike Whiteside on all social media platforms to follow along on his very exciting and promising musical journey. A massive thank you going out to Mike for hanging out on One to Watch Wednesday this week. That was a lot of fun and you are welcome back anytime. That has been your One to Watch Wednesday for this week. Thank you so much for hanging out. My name is Sarah Scott. Have a great rest of your day. (laughs) 